Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Pre-game, isn't it? Is that what they call it? No idea. What do you mean by pre-game? The, the pre-bit before we the big event. Before you go out. Oh. We're going. Annabelle and I are going out tonight. On and the town. Listen to this. It's five to eight already. Woo-hoo. So it could be... I mean, I'm hoping we can get this over and done within half an hour, to be honest. But maybe it'll be late at 8.40 or 8.45 before we even leave to go out. Crazy time. It's wild, isn't it? Very wild. I could be back, like, maybe gone 11. Who knows? I think, I think you will be, yeah. yeah I yeah. think we can confidently say that. Mm. We're going to see... Um, Sarah do the last of her previews before she departs for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And I've not seen her show yet, so I was very keen to see it before mm. she went. Um, so there'll be me, you, and then if there's one other person in the audience, then it does count as a crowd, doesn't it? Three is, a, three is a crowd. Yeah, it is a Otherwise, crowd. Otherwise, it'll just be company. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't think you want as a performer. Just company. No, mm. you want a crowd. Okay. So in, in a way, the person on stage should be the company or the personal people. Mm. It's theatrical tradition, I think. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, um, so that's that's what we're doing, and I'm excited. Excited to go with you. Um, I had to do a retro activity today. Oh, go on. I had to pay a check in. Whoa! Yeah. Do they let you do it? Is it allowed? Well, I had to looked on their website, um, and it said, "Oh, post checks to our address." And as it happened. I was going to the part of London where that address was anyway today, so I thought I'll just go drop it in. Is that how hard they make it for you? You have to like take it or post it to an address now. That seems yes, and, and and the it's not it's it's a slightly abnormal bank. Cause it's a business okay. bank, okay. So it's not like just going to a NatWest or a Barclays. Uh, okay, and okay. There are some of you know there are still bran- branches of banks. It's different at Coots, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so yeah so I wrote the address down and uh, I set off with this check at a, uh, <laughs> on my adventure. Mm. When was the last time you wrote a check? Oh my goodness! I don't know. Twenty years ago? I think so. I don't yeah, know. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I used to love it. I, oh, I never tired of it. Mm. It always felt the most grown-up thing in the world writing a check. Yeah, even after the initial novelty of writing your friends' checks for twenty million pounds, <laughs> which I used to love doing. Um, I see, even as a kid, like I loved my mum's checkbook. Mm. 
yes. My dad never had one weirdly. It was always in my mum's checkbook. Mm. And I loved on Blankety Blank, the game show, that you could win a Blankety Blank checkbook and pen. Oh, yes. Although I do think they probably started with the uh, Blankety Blank Blank. What goes after Blank? Blank check. What if the prize was a blank <laughs> checkbook? Yeah, I think that's how they <laughs> yeah, got there. Yeah, yeah. Because it never quite made sense to me. No, it didn't. You're right. And that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? Yeah. So you'd win a blankety blank checkbook and pen. The pen, I can understand. Mm. And it was a beautiful silver checkbook. But how could it be How could it be a real checkbook? Yeah, what were you supposed because to then, do Because then it? there would have to be a bank of blankety blank. Which there wasn't, to my knowledge. No. No. Unless they had a deal with all the major high street banks. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. Probably. I think it was probably just a not. checkbook cover. Yeah, uh, okay. But I want one now. Let's not think about it. <laughs> Have you, I wonder. I wonder if there's one on eBay actually. Oh. Should we have a quick look? Quick. <laughs> I know we're going out, but I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to look. Uh, what are the chances? I'm going to say extremely, extremely slim. It'd probably be some special. It'd be at Sotheby's, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's not going to be on eBay. Blankety blank. I bet even the pen won't be on here. Check book. Come on, fingers crossed. Anything? Anything? No. If not, set up an alert for when one does come on. No. Yeah. Nothing. Mm. I can't even see one that's sold for reference. Mm. Okay. Well, that was a little... Uh, that I feel like a... looking for a Fabergé egg on eBay, to be fair. Like, it's was, <laughs> it was never going to happen. I know. <laughs> I just thought I mean, there must have been quite a lot of them in existence because that show was on for many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're like family heirlooms. They don't get sold on. They're, no, they're I, bet right. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. I bet if they ever do go, come up on the international market, yeah, mm-hmm. there are probably Ugh. people... They don't get onto the open market. Nah, no, no, no. It's the same people, really, who are trading in stolen Van Goghs and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, I tell you what, I never had, but I always coveted mm. was the. I think it was about the late eighties. They introduced checks with designs of woodland creatures on them. Oh yes, lovely. Because checks were just bog standard up mm. until that point, and then I always thought to myself, "Oh, I'd like to get one of those," but I don't know what level of effort was involved in getting one, but. I, I was never willing to to do it myself, but they were nice, weren't they? They were beautiful. A little robin, a squirrel. I'm feeling very nostalgic. I know, I know. Um, here's the thing, though. Look, I, I want to be honest about this. Like, I think anybody who pays you by check in 2022 is screwing with you. Go on. They just think you're not going to pay it in. Oh, I see. Well, the effort it takes. No, yeah. you're not. Like, yeah. you, you haven't written a check for 20 years. Me, mm. me either, if not mm. longer. I haven't. I don't get paid with checks. No, with any regularity. And I just think if somebody is sending you a check in this day and age, they think oh, I'm going to write this check, mm-hmm. but they're just going to put it somewhere, forget to take it to the bank, and then I'm going to be quids in. Yeah. Because I, I think it just applies to everybody who's paying with checks. Like even when you're watching telethons on TV, when I don't know the chief executive of Sainsbury's goes on with a big check, mm. he's just thinking, "Oh, Lenny Henry's not taking that to the bank." <laughs> You can sit on this money. <laughs> I'm thinking now that I'm going to give checks like, of cash, like money to everyone for their Christmas and birthdays now. It's a good strategy. Yeah, <laughs> very generous one. Yeah. I told you about Frank Sidebottom. I think I've told you this story before, but um, Frank Sidebottom, who um, it's difficult to explain if people don't already know, but he was kind of a cult comedy figure who wore a large papier-mâché head, spot like this, and sang uh, some of his own songs, some cover versions of... Um, Queen, Kylie Minogue, so on, which all ended in, it really did. Thank you. 
he had a puppet called Little Frank. It's very difficult to wrap your head around, but there are some excellent resources online if you want to find out more. Mm -hmm. John Ronson's film, Frank, was loosely inspired by his uh, time in Frank Sidebottom's band. And there's a really good documentary. Did you watch the documentary Being Frank? No, I didn't. Oh, it's fantastic. It's really good. Uh, So it is about Frank Sidebottom, Chris Seavey, who was the man behind the papier-mâché head. And um, it's, it's really wonderful. It's a really wonderful documentary about creativity and outsider art and people who do things to be creative not to make millions of pounds and it's it's i really love it actually mm. all that's by the by okay so frank sidebottom was this cult figure and you could buy merchandise okay years before the internet so he had i think some kind of fanzine and then you could order merchandise by sending off a check and writing down what you wanted there were i got to know him a little bit Mm-hmm. in the 90s and there were items in his merchandise store that didn't exist oh really so people would send him checks mm. and i think one of them was a frank side bottom official football right never existed and then what he did and this was so canny or fraudulent depending on your point of view yeah. he had these beautiful customized frank side bottom checks made which, if you remember his aesthetic, it was all in that aesthetic, and then he would write the checks in Frank's handwriting, oh. and people would get them back, and it was just the right, right amount of money yeah. that was enough to think, oh, I'm going to keep the check yeah. instead. Oh, wow. was that smart? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And borderline fraudulent, yeah, yeah, as yeah, I both, say. Yeah. So anyway, so I decide to go on this schlep um, to, to take this check to the bank. A weird, weird thing happens on the way, actually. I get off the bus and I'm walking down a main road near Liverpool Street Station and I see a homeless guy up ahead and I very rarely have cash on me. I pay for everything by check. Um, <laughs> I very rarely have uh, cash on me. But um, I'll tell you what I used to love doing with a check. Like bouncing them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you had to do, not what you loved At the to end do. of the month. <laughs> It's the only way I got through those last few yeah. days of the month. Um, sorry, so, so I see this homeless guy, and I think, oh, I think I might have some cash on me. So as I'm walking towards him, I get my wallet out, but I look in it, and to my horror, all that's in there are some old, old banknotes from a trip to Sweden. Oh, right, okay. So I say to him, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. But then I become paranoid that he's seen me open up the wallet and can see some banknotes in there. Yeah, yeah. I say, all I have in here are foreign notes. I'm sorry. He then goes, which currency, mate? (laughs) So I say, uh, Swedish kroner. You're welcome to them if you want. He went, "Uh, no, actually, you're all right. Oh. Which is fascinating to me. So what, what... what was he basing that decision on? Like, has he got a very in-depth knowledge of the foreign exchange markets and knows uh, that the pound is particularly... Would it have to be strong or weak against the kroner at the moment? Are there are some currencies, like, on the black market that, that uh, they're happy to take euros? Or... Yes, what would he have said yes to? Dollars? Maybe something a bit more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was so interesting. Oh, so interesting. Did he know that it was likely to be uh, the denomination, even if it was like 100, that would only be worth a tad? Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. So that was that. Um, five minutes later, I get to the bank. Okay. And as I say, it's not like a high street bank. It's, it's more like going into uh, some posh offices of a firm. Okay. 
and I walk in with my envelope. There's a security guard there. I say, hi, I uh, just need to drop this off, please. He's like, uh, what, what is it? I said, oh, it's uh, just an envelope. He says, have you got a name? I said, no, it's just an envelope with a check on it. And he, he doesn't know what to make of it. So he sends me over to the reception. Say, hi, I, can I just drop this envelope off with a uh, check in it, please? And I said, I'm oh, sorry, we can't accept that. Oh, what? I said, oh, I mean, I said, oh, what? <laughs> oh, what? And they said, you have to send it by post. What, what's the difference? So I said, well, what, what address do I send it to? And they said, oh, this, this address. <laughs> no. So I said, but so, so can't I just give it to you and you, you give it to someone who works in the post room? And it says, no, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. I can't accept it. Can't accept it. This is insane. Now, there's a lot of things I can't accept in life. Yeah. But th- even I find this quite mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. So I eventually have to leave and go and buy a stamp. And then post it in a post box like 50 metres away. And then in two days or one day or whatever it is, they will receive it and cash it. It's insane. I know. Oh, driving mad. I know. Did you want to not to take it back with a stamp and go, now will you take it? No. Like, but pretend I'm a postman. Now will you take it? That makes no sense. I mean, I did think about um, going and finding that homeless man again and seeing if he could uh, cash it for me <laughs> in exchange for some Vietnamese dong. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Annabelle. Yes. What, have, what do these drifters have to say? Okay, the first one is a, a fictional drifter from Natalie Burgess in Wakefield. She says, I want to let you and all the drifters know about the film Dear Evan Hansen. Have you seen it? Have I seen that? I have not seen it. I don't think I have. Well, Natalie has. She saw it for the first time the other day and she says, I loved it so much as I identified with the social awkwardness and the anxiety of the titular character completely. Evan Hansen. Yeah. Is that a musical as well or have I made that? I think it's, yeah, it's definitely a musical. Yeah, because she says that it's the guys who wrote The Greatest Showman music and the music's great. Ah. Uh, But she says that he's a very endearing underdog and the lies he tells to avoid upsetting anyone get him into all sorts of trouble, just like the stories we hear on the podcast. If you're a drifter, watch this as I'm sure you'd love it. It's funny, sad and compassionate in the very best of ways. That sounds fantastic. It sounds like a film that we would like. Oh, I really, I really want to watch that now. I'm always on the lookout for a good film recommendation. Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. I watched something called Cha Cha Real Smooth the other day. Oh, I've heard that's amazing. Is it on Disney? Apple, Apple? Yes, I've heard that's Really yeah, it's good. It's yes. good. Okay, and I'm excited because this is now from Lee Jackson, who has sent us many wonderful stories. Let me just say, I'm going to get my drink and sit yeah, back get, and enjoy get this comfy, one. Get comfy. At the risk of the ineffectual saloon style toilet doors being a floodgate to a new feature, Toilet Tales, <laughs> you thought Mug Chat split the audience. <laughs> it has inspired me to share a lavatorial story that is the unwanted gift that won't flush a floater fable, if you will. Firstly, the reason I found the story so funny was, as a child, we had a louver door on our only bathroom, the size of which is that you can see out, but not in, due to the direction of the slats. We had a relative staying from Australia who remarked nervously that the door didn't feel private, on which note it didn't even have a lock. How this poor woman ever bathed or relaxed sufficiently to pass anything is a mystery. (laughs) My dad, by way of alleviating her fears, announced proudly, don't worry, you can't see through the door unless you lie down. (laughs) The horrified expression of Auntie Sylvia and my mum is crystal clear memory to this day. (laughs) But to the actual story, why a courier should never come to my house. (laughs) To spare you many details, I bought a yellow chair online and it never arrived. 
I knew it was coming from abroad and was suspiciously cheap, so I wrote it off as a sad mistake. Wow. Mm. Who can just write off a chair? <laughs> it's very hip colour as well, yellow. Oh, yeah. It's a particular shade. I'm quite interested in. Anyway, um, go, go on. I was looking up the shade, but I'm, I want to enjoy the story. Okay. Concentrate, Jeff. Cut to months later, a rather chirpy cockney calls me and says, Hello, mate, I've got a yellow chair for you, but I can't find a public loo, so I'm going to be late. I didn't bother telling him he was technically three months late, <laughs> but I was so delighted the chair randomly popped up, I said he could head straight to my house and use my loo. As a side note, I think my house used to be designed for multiple rentals as I have no less than three toilets, a disproportional amount for the size of the house. (laughs) We have one which is by the front door and rarely gets used. I tend to douse it in that eco lav cleaner and pop the loo brush in the bowl to keep it all smelling nice. Within 20 minutes, I see said chirpy cockney carrying a yellow chair and open the door as he approached the house. I took the chair and realised he must now be desperate for the loo. So I pointed to the door and said, it's all yours. As I started to admire my new chair, I hear a startling noise. It was like a sizable mammal snared in an iron trap. (laughs) I immediately knew what the cockney had done. He sat on the toilet brush. A few minutes later, he emerged from the loo, looking much less chubby than when he entered, walking all twitchy, declaring there was a brush in that bowl. I don't think this is strictly a drifter story, but the very same toilet was involved in what happened a few weeks later. I'm doing the washing up and see, to put it bluntly, a courier having a wee behind my car. Rather than be angry, I pondered that in these times there was probably nowhere to use the loo when on the road, so I thought I would don my cape and be the hero. A few days later, the courier knocks on my door. I take delivery of my package, then calm and warmly say, look, just so you know, if you ever need to use the toilet, just knock on my door. It's just right there. There was an awkward pause. Excuse me, the driver said eventually, incredulously. I was a tad perplexed by his tone, but soldiered on. You're welcome to use my toilet, I repeat, pointing at the door. Now, I wasn't expecting him to doff his cap and nervously ring it, <laughs> eye to the floor, declaring, Oh, Governor, you are a gent and no mistake. You're the kindest gent in all of Londinium. <laughs> but he said nothing. He just fiddled with his handheld machine, gave me a look of disgust and walked off. I was totally perplexed. I was the hero, man of the people, selflessly offering my loo, and he looked mortified. I did wonder if he'd been gossiping with a yellow chairman, and his reaction was actually, I don't wish to have your loo brush inserted anywhere, thank you. I returned to my day muttering, well, you tried to be nice. About an hour later, I hear the door again, and on opening it, I near gasped in horror. The man I'd seen weaned behind my car was standing before me. I had offered the toilet to the wrong man. <laughs> Basically, a random male, 50-something, i.e. me, had taken delivery of a package and said to the young driver, who I'd never clapped eyes on before, want to use my toilet? I was a sinister version of those women dressed in a silky nightie and marabou mule slippers who used to beckon the milkman in for a bit of fun in 1970 sex comedies. What must he have thought when he witnessed my disappointed expression when he didn't act positive about the offer? I might as well have gone on full-on <laughs> sex comedy mode and said, oh, go on, my husband's away on the oar rigs and I'm never so lonely. <laughs> a week later, I am using... Your, perform- your reading of that line was really wonderful and it made me think that if, if ever sex comedy becomes a genre again. And it also reminded me of um, when you used to read out the dirty book at bedtime. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are the days. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Sorry, dude. Back to the story. There's more. A week later, I'm using an aqua blade cutter to trim some tiles of the bathroom and I'm waiting for a delivery of grout. The door goes. I open it. It is most definitely the non-weeing courier. 
I attempt an approximation of normal human, but against all better judgment, I find myself meekly announcing, look, you know I offer you my toilet. I thought you were another courier who I saw wing behind my car. He looked me up and down and near winced in confusion with an expression that said, I have no idea what that means. I just want to leave. I shut the door behind me and realised what I always knew, the port protocol should have been the only go-to here. However, as a painful conclusion... I caught my reflection in the hall mirror and gave out a wounded no as I saw the aqua tile cutter had sprayed a massively obvious, perfect and clear patch of wet to the front of my grey my tracksuit bottoms. Like I'd been so nervous in confronting the driver, I had actually wet myself. <sighs> I have decided on two possible courses of action. Either take inspiration from a detail I read about the Great Plague of London and have a large red cross painted on my front door (laughs) or have one of those flaps installed you get your dinner through on prison cell doors. (laughs) Good idea. (laughs) Oh, that was was just magnificent. It's always nice to hear from Lee, isn't it? Lee, thank you. I mean, was that that his uh, magnum opus? (laughs) (laughs) All right. don't feel intimidated by Lee's email, unless it's brought out something competitive in you, and you oh, thought oh, I'm going to do even better. But yeah. I mean, we just, you know, that that is uh, that's some gold standard stuff, really, isn't yes, it? Yeah. I mean, that should be the podcast. Yeah, it should be. It really should be. But um, but yeah, we uh, we appreciate all the email we receive, and uh, and and don't let Lee's excellence. Put off you from put you off from sharing your story. I love them all. Please. I, do, I do. I do. I love everyone. Uh, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Shall we have another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? I'm going to start with a quick update on the neighbour situation. So you remember from last week, I had new neighbours and I knew they were kindred spirits as in a week, we'd not said a word to each other despite ample opportunity. Yes. So I know nothing about them, not even what they look like. But this was also because my boyfriend, Tom, had been away for a week. Within two days of him getting back, he'd interacted with them. And I only know, as my other neighbours said, oh, Tom's met the new ones, by the way. Yeah, he was coming home and he was opening the front door and he saw them and said, oh, hi there. And I'm Tom. I'm just about to go in and play some loud techno music as the rest of my family is out. <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't understand. It's, I don't understand. Like when, when we were at ABBA and he was just going up to people and chatting to them. Yeah, so He's so sociable and confident. He? And, and and thinking that it's okay to say to your new neighbours, I'm just going to play some loud techno music when you've just met them. Was he joking? No, he, he did go in and play loud techno music. He wasn't joking. So interesting that he specified techno. Well, that's what it was. When questioned later, he said that he did add, I don't normally do this though, which he doesn't, probably because I'm never out. <laughs> and also the last time he played loud dance music, he was in the bathroom and I ran in in a panic as I thought the sound I could hear was the extractor fan dying. It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Anyway, I've still not spoken to them. And since then, he's also had one other conversation. Whew. Okay, on to the main business of the day, yes. which is my most recent trip to Sainsbury's. <laughs> I have to admit that I've reached the point now where I'm less finding it funny that the only thing I've got to talk about is my supermarket trip and more embarrassing. But here we are. Like, that's not fair. Sometimes you tell us a trip of something that's happened at drop-off at nursery, don't you? Yeah, but he's left now, so I'm really out of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we're just treading water until he starts school. Starts school, yeah. 
Okay. We need to start setting your challenges again. Oh, dear. I've mentioned before that I use the Smart Shop app in Sainsbury's where you can pay for your food as you go. Then all you've got to do at the end is scan a barcode and pay. And I do this because I am a modern kind of gal, but also because I hate the stress of bagging my stuff when they scan it too quickly. Mm. And it saves time and you only interact with the machine at the end. It suits me. Very occasionally, you do have to have your shopping checked by someone who works there. Like They scan 10 to 20 items, check you've not stolen something by bagging it and not scanning it, which I never do. But that doesn't stop it being the most stressful experience ever, <laughs> because what if I didn't scan something properly? Will they believe me? And I feel really guilty and then start panicking. I look guilty and the whole thing's awful. That's the downside to it. But apart from that happening a few times, I do love this app. I put my shopping bags in the trolley, fill up the bags, that's it. But yesterday, I just had to pop in for some bananas. That's all I needed. But while I was there, I ended up buying more stuff, which I just scanned and then put straight into my rucksack as I went along. And without the trolley, never have I felt more like a shop, <laughs> a shoplifter to those ignorant of the ways of the smart shop. Like if they didn't see the scanning, I'm just picking stuff up and putting it in my bag. It, have, have you been in one of those Amazon Prime places? No. It's even, there are no checkouts. Right. And it just knows when you pick something up. Oh, what? Yeah. Does it just put it in your bag? Yeah. And then what do you do? I mean, it just feels like you're stealing. How do you pay? You just walk out and it goes, it, it deducts <gasps> it from your Amazon account. Oh, what? Yeah. Wow, but at least everyone's doing it. Yes. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a plus. But me and Gene went in and he's, he, uh, once and I was so freaked out, it felt like going too far into the future. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, she went, Dad, can we go back to that shop where you can just steal things? <laughs> I just thought you'd have stolen yeah. it. Well, it definitely didn't help that one of the items I bought was the very expensive, luxurious and desirable Bendix Bitamints. And I really felt like I was getting some looks then. And it also didn't help that I didn't put the bananas in my bag because they were wet. And so I was carrying those and it made it more suspicious. Do you not think that the... So I remember once hearing that if your credit card gets stolen mm. and in any combination, they go to a shop that sells trainers... Yeah. A McDonald's yeah. and a petrol station. Okay. It gets blocked right. because that is the, oh, the modus operandi. Yeah, you know, that's the holy. Wow. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine Bendix Bitterments fit that profile of the, uh, of the oh. thief. Unless it's some kind of, you know, uh, elegant gentleman thief. Yeah, yeah. Well, then maybe that's how I was seeing myself. Yes. <laughs> Gentlewoman, though. Yes. The bananas, though. I imagine you don't, you don't eat bananas, do you? Imagine you don't ever buy bananas. I don't, do I don't like it. No, I sometimes get a free one. So, <laughs> No, I do. So you won't appreciate what I'm about to say, but they are wet a lot of the time and it both maddens me and confuses me because nothing else in the shop is wet. Like, why are they watering them? Is it to water off tarantulas? Because you hear a lot less about them being found in bunches of bananas. If anybody knows, I generally like to know why bananas are always wet in the supermarket. Anyway, I found myself doing the scanning as visibly and elaborately as possible. I was close to saying loudly to myself, another smart shop item scanned. <laughs> Fine to put in my bag now. <laughs> the worst of it all was I found it all so stressful that when I put the bananas down on a shelf at one point to put something else in my bag, I forgot to pick them up again. And I didn't realise until I got home. And I'd only gone out for bananas. I paid for the bananas and I had no bananas. So yes, you had no bananas. Yes, <laughs> I had no bananas. So I'm not going to Sainsbury's anymore. Only joking. <laughs> More next week, probably. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, you know, we it touched on the subject of currencies before. Mm. So tomorrow, I'm going to Scotland pretty much for a month. So you'll be able to hear the podcast, I think, for most of it. Um, we'll do it remotely, won't we? Yes. yes. There, might, there might be a week off, I think, okay, at some point. Okay, but um, uh, by, by and large, we'll do it remotely from, okay, from Scotland. And already I am feeling anxious about coming back to England and then having to explain to an English oh. shopkeeper that Scottish <laughs> banknote's a legal tender. Yeah, that's the worst, yeah. It really is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always act like you're trying to sort of trick them yeah i love saying the phrase legal tender oh it's nice isn't, isn't it, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah um going on a train on a sleeper train oh are you yes but it's only four hours that's not much sleeping i'm not just going to edinburgh oh yeah you're going a bit further going a bit further oh, how yeah exciting so me and so sarah's going to edinburgh tomorrow morning yeah and then tomorrow evening gene and i are taking the sleeper oh. the caledonian sleeper oh, amazing to uh to inverness oh brilliant um and i'm so excited because i've, I've always i've always wanted to go on the orient express mm. it's a great dream of mine Mm-mm. i used to think that maybe just maybe for my 50th birthday that's oh. what I'll do. But um, I've looked at the finances and the trajectory. You know, my earnings trajectory isn't what I expected it would be by 50. So <laughs> oh, I think it's probably uh, not going to happen. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I had a look at this train online and it's it's it's, it's less the, the, the compartment the, um, where you sleep is, is less like the Orient Express and more like, I'm trying to think how to describe it, well, like one of those um, nice Scandinavian prisons. Okay, okay. So we're not quite as nice as that because there's no flat screen TV. Right. <laughs> no right. people get very uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. animated about flat yeah. screen TVs in prisons. Mm-hmm. They're the TVs you can buy these days. I know, so. people think they, shouldn't, they should have the old ones <laughs> that stick out a lot at the back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the speakers are better. I wonder why, why don't people get... If, so why do, why do... Anyway, I'm getting bogged down okay, in that, aren't okay, I? Okay. Just the... the way that people get head up about prisoners and flat screen TVs. Mm, mm, mm. But the sound was better on old TVs. That's why a lot of people have to have sound bars and extra mm. speakers. So maybe when people say, why have these prisoners got flat screen TVs? They're just thinking, there's a lot of noise in a prison. They'd be better off with a TV <laughs> with nice speakers. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a couple of bunks. It's quite, um, looks quite yeah, fine, but quite basic. Mm. Um, hope then, if that's what the bedroom is like, then there is a really glamorous um dining car. Well, that's what I'm imagining. I Table think cloths, so. definitely. Tablecloths, yeah, yeah. little lamps on them. Yes, yes. Um, it, the other the other patrons would be other passengers dining in the dining car. Maybe there's a lady who looks like a flapper <laughs> having uh a, an argument with her boyfriend who looks like a spiv. Yes, yes. Two older German ladies who are companions. 
a much older lady with a much younger companion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah really yeah. good. Yeah. A professor. Definitely. And then maybe like a nice lady who comes up to me and whispers, you're in grave danger. <laughs> Meet me in the luggage compartment at midnight. So excited for you. And then it'll turn out the grave danger isn't that I have to go on a, a chase along the roof of the train. Mm, I wouldn't suit you. No, that wouldn't suit no. me. It's not my style. <laughs> no, it's not. No. It's, it's more that she's worried about my ability to sleep in the top bunk and not fall out. Oh, right. That would be grave danger, yeah. Yeah, because I'll have to take the top bunk. Mm. I don't think the kids are allowed in them. Mm-hmm. Which is so unfair because, number one... <laughs> Careful. <laughs> it's your son you're about to talk about. <laughs> the top bunk is much more exciting to a kid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Number two, he, he does just seem, you know, at my age, he, he seems to take a fall better than I do, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> to be honest, at your age, yeah, yeah. a nasty fall is not going to be bird. good. We're talking hit replacement, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. Um, so we're going to Inverness, and from there we're going to look for the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, that is so exciting. I, I hope you find it. I hope so. Uh, our next-door neighbour who uh, is of, of, of Scottish parentage, um, he says, he told us that it really likes broccoli. Really? And it really likes marshmallows. Really? Mm. So you're going to take those? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I'm dreading? The inevitable disappointment. Oh, because your son is expecting to see Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, he's so excited about the prospect of seeing the Loch Ness Monster. And there was a news article recently that for some reason scientists have discovered some DNA which means it's not entirely impossible. Okay. And I do like the thought of me and him as like plastered over the newspapers the world over. Well, you'd be historical. Yeah. Going on all the talk shows. But realistically. Be good for downloads of podcasts <laughs> and for Sarah's Edinburgh tickets. Yeah. But go on realistically. You're going a very long, you're going a very long way to disappoint your son. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of nothing so much as I used to often. This was a, a, a weird thing. I used to tell, on, when we did the radio show, I used to sometimes mention a detail from my childhood, which for some reason people really loved, and I could never quite work out why. And it was when I used to walk, walk to school in the mornings, especially on those cold days, cold winter days, about halfway between our house and Byron Street County Primary School in Macclesfield. There was a house on the corner, a red brick house, and there was one brick on which somebody had written hot, and you could touch that brick and it was hot, and there was obviously some fire or something behind it. Mm -hmm. And I used to talk about that, get all misty-eyed and nostalgic. And for some reason, people loved hearing about the hot brick. Yeah, yeah. Um, It seemed so specific, Mm. but it it seemed, I don't know, just to be uh, a, a beautiful memory of mine Mm, mm. that people bought into so there was this one year (laughs) where i um i mean this is a whole other story but i i I basically wind whinged wind and moaned my way into being invited to switch on the christmas lights in macclesfield Mm. so we decided to hire a sharabank hire a coach Mm. and go on a coach trip with listeners (laughs) to find the hot brick (laughs) and everybody was so pumped up about it (laughs) yeah um, and it was just a, it, it was just um, a wonderful, exciting atmosphere on the bus on the way there. We were singing, we were happy, and then we we got off and we did the walk from my old house to the hot brick, and then I gathered everybody around like it was Moses about to part the Red Sea, 
And I said, behold, the hot brick. And I started feeling the wall from it, for it. Mm. And it was Christmas time, so it was winter, so it should have been hot. Yeah, yeah. And none of the bricks were hot. No. And none of the bricks said hot on them anymore. No. And I sort of increasingly <laughs> got panicky. And I, was, and, and I was looking around at the disappointment on your face and all these listeners yeah. who'd come all the yeah. way to Macclesfield on a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in the end, I just had to tell them that the hot brick was inside them all along. None of them bought it. No. And I think I've got a horrible feeling that's um that's what I'm gonna have to do with my son. I've got a memory, is this right, of us walking along chanting hot brick in unison, hot yes, brick. Yes, hot yeah, brick. Got like so it, we got into like a crazy. Yeah, yeah, and then it wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. 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 It, that was that was quite the trip. So yeah, so I'm just gonna have to tell Gene that Loch Ness Monster was in him all along. Yes, he'll be he'll be fine with that. So he'll be so fine. <laughs> Time now on the Adrift podcast for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. I'm going to start with something of a quandary resolution, which is always nice to have. Yes. It's from Ashley, who says, I have an answer for your Renata quandary if Jeff doesn't think his gaslighting approach is foolproof. So that's when you bumped into somebody and you couldn't remember their name and your son said, who's that? Yes. When you don't know someone, but you know... but, But they know you and your child screams, who is that, daddy? Say... Jean, what do we do when we don't know someone's name? We introduce ourselves like this. Hi, I'm Jeff. What's your name? And shake the other person's hand. Ideally, that person will then tell you their name. That way you can pawn off your bad memory on teaching your child manners. Oh, that's brilliant. I have a seven-month-old, but as a very face-blind person, I'm looking forward to using her to my advantage in such situations soon. Oh, that's great it's good isn't it yeah, yeah. i really like what do that. we do in this situation yeah. we don't shout out what's your name yeah. we say hello what's yeah. your name? i used him to be passive aggressive oh brilliant last week i was taking um a suitcase which has a lifetime guarantee to be fixed mm. and the the man couldn't have been more gleeful in telling me well because of brexit i mean it could take months oh right i why, why is it it's like what why why are you so gleeful do you not find that people can very broadly be divided into people who delight in telling you bad news mm. and people who hate telling you bad news and, and want to make it better yeah 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 and i think that if if that's how you know if that's how the mop flops so to speak. It's a and wonderful th- expression. And so th- th- that's fine, that's fine. But don't then work in uh, customer service. No, that's not for you. No. no. Um, so anyway, I'd had this awful conversation with him and I'd got so flustered that I, I couldn't complain in the moment. And then while he's filling in a form on the computer and taking calls and whatever, Gene's going, Dad, why is this taking so long? Because I dragged him all the way to the suitcase shop with me. Mm. I went, well, because this is one of those shops where they're interested in you when they want to take your money, but as oh. soon as they've got your money, they don't care and won't do anything to help you. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was less passive-aggressive, more Just aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> I like it. I, but I couldn't directly say this to the man. No, no. So I think the passive aggressiveness, uh, passive yes. aggression, came in saying it almost in a stage. Is it a stage whisper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. On to the actual quandary this yes. week. This is from Jen. Hearing about Annabelle's frantic attempt to identify Doc Leaf reminded me of something that I witnessed did many years ago, and that I've clearly been trying to forget. 
I was standing, waiting at the bus stop outside Ikea, minding my own business, not looking at anyone and generally being an exemplary Londoner. There was a woman. Can I just say, I never, uh, I know you're, you're, um, you're a car owner. Mm. I never feel like we miss out on not having a car, apart from Ikea, I think. Oh, very handy for Ikea. Yeah, no, I always feel second rate going there on public transport. <laughs> I've gone there in public transport before and it's very hard taking a curtain pole home on the tube. <laughs> very hard. There was a woman with a small child a couple of metres away milling around and out of the corner of my eye, I noticed her crouched down by one of those dark green electric wire boxes. Is that what they are? And point something out to the child. I idly glanced around to see what they were looking at. Some green foliage sprouting through the pavement cracks. The next few seconds happened in slow motion. My brain recognised the familiar jagged heart-shaped leaves around the same time that it also realised she was not only pointing but moving to touch them. And suddenly both she and the child were delightedly stroking and rubbing stinging nettles with what? their bare hands. What? Before I could dash over and shout, no! <laughs> A look of confusion came over her face and she pulled her and the child's hands away. What should I have done? Should I try to explain and offered sympathy, even though it looked like I'd stood by and let them get stung by a well-known villainous plant? Obviously, like everyone else on the planet, I have no idea what a dock leaf looks like, let alone whether they grow in car parks in Wembley. So I said nothing and got on the bus. Did I Google it during or after the podcast and it turned out dock leaves don't do anything? During. during yeah, 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 yeah. What should you? I mean, I don't think you can intervene with, with a net. I mean... What a strange thing to spot. I don't like to be seen as a know-it-all. I don't mm. want them thinking that I know it all. <laughs> I know it all about plants. I don't want it to look like a show-off. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, what if they were people who know the correct way to grasp a nettle and would just well, make it? I, that's what I would have thought. There I would have is, thought, there is these, these are people, they, they're, they're going to make nettle soup, yeah. I would have thought yes. to myself. There is a correct way. Apparently, if you st if you touch the top of it, it's fine. It's the underneath that stings you. Of the leaf? Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. So what do you think they were up to, like stroking the nettle? They just they didn't realise, obviously. But what do you think? They, they didn't realise it was stinging nettle. They were just play, looking at plants. Who would you know see that plant you know, and think? You know what kids are like? They want to look at plants, touch everything, spend hours examining it. That's what's going on there. And she didn't realise they were stinging nettles. You don't buy it. Seems odd to me. Your wife didn't know what stinging nettles were, although she is American. I just don't. Well, the, it didn't. I don't think the email specified whether we know. No. Yeah, yeah. No. No. I just think that seems seems strange. It's um, it's not necessarily a plant that would attract you to it. No, I mean it's not like a beautiful flower, but you know, you know what kids are like. They sit and stare at anything, don't they? I wish my son would. Oh right. Oh okay. Okay. No, it's very boring when you go on a walk having to stop. Look at that. There's some, there's a, some shrubbery. Mm. Mm. Can I have iPad time? Oh, right. No, look at the shrubbery. <laughs> um, so should you intervene? I, I just think it's such an unlikely... It's, it's such an unlikely moment mm. to see somebody mm. encountering a nettle for the first time and be reaching out to touch it. Mm-mm. I mean, it's applicable. such an, it almost feels like it was a test from Jesus to see <laughs> what you would do in that situation. You failed because it's such an odd and specific thing. I can only imagine God was basically on the fence about whether to let you into heaven or not. <laughs> I thought, 
Look, I've got a little trial here involving a stinging nettle. <laughs> I mean, what else could it be? Well, so Jen doesn't need to worry because it's not going to happen again. But if God, but she's test- going to hell. But yeah, but she is going to hell. But if God was testing you, what would you do? This is the question. Answer it. <laughs> well, the Lord tests me in many ways. He, he does. He does. I'm like the Job for the twenty uh, first <laughs> century. <laughs> and if he tested you with this stinging nettle situation, what would you do? I'm not involving myself in that. You're not involving yourself. Well, well, t- oh. I'm, I'm like the. Um, <laughs> I'm not good on Bible, but was there a bad Samaritan? I'd be oh, so most Samaritans are bad, right? But mm. then there's a good one. Mm-mm. I'd be just like the most of them. So you're not saying I don't want well, to break from the Samaritan herd. I think we'd all just do what Jen did, and we'd be thinking, "I should help. I should help. I should help. I don't know how to help." And then it's too late. Unless it was unfolding in slow motion, because mm. you think. Hang on, are those those nettles? Are they? I I mean, you'd have to be like one of those um, FBI bodyguards who like jumps in front of a bullet (laughs) to have the reaction speeds. This is true. Unless it was unfolding in slow, I think Jen, you've you've. I mean, you've just got to stop beating yourself up about it. So, if you were the Lord, she would be going to heaven. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'd let everyone in. Oh, would you? Yeah, literally everyone, like everyone, yeah, even yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, of the yeah, worst. Yeah, yeah, I think. Look, I'm not slagging off God or anything because no. you know we know um, that by reputation moves in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. In fact, does it? Does it say? I mean, does it say that in the Bible that he moves the Lord in- moves in mysterious ways? I don't, I don't know if it's exactly in the Bible. It's definitely been said. I think, I think, it, I think it's in the Bible. What is it? Okay. You know who wrote the Bible? It explains a lot. You know who wrote the Bible? Who? Scribes. Mm-hmm. But you know it's the word of God. Mm. So if it says the Lord moves in mysterious ways in the Bible, this is God thinking, mm. here's a little thing about me I want to let them know. Mm. I move in mysterious ways. You get away with a lot if you say you move in mysterious yeah. ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, why did I mention the mis- moving know. in mysterious ways? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, so 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 yeah. So I know. I was going to say I'm not slagging off God. I no. know He moves in mysterious ways, yeah. and I know that as a mortal, especially as an atheist mortal who doesn't believe in Him, um, I, I can't begin to wrap my head around it. That all that being said, I think creating of a hell is quite a strange thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Oh, I'm going to make them suffer. I mean, I've wanted to. And what's to more, make for eternity. I mean, I've wanted to do it, so I get it. I do get yeah. it. But my enemies. Do you think it's your best self when you have those feelings? It's my only self. It's your most godlike self. <laughs> it's my only. only yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, mm. they're going to get it. Unless they say sorry. It's all fine, but <laughs> uh, no groveling. Uh, <laughs> Eternal suffering. Well, I think we've answered that very clearly. So. But all I'm saying is I'm not saying that I would be better God than God. No. no, no, no. But I wouldn't, I'd let everyone in. Groveling, no groveling. Okay. Great. You know, if the, certain, certain people have better rooms than others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but... Uh, You'd have like VIP sections, like nicer bits for the well, nicer people. I don't know if I'd have VIP. Why am I encouraging this? It's a bit elitist, but... <laughs> You know, so say, uh, I, I don't know, Genghis Khan mm. wouldn't wouldn't get a very well-appointed cloud. Okay. It'd be like a long way from everything. 
Wouldn't be a great window. Like, no, window no, no, bad for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. and maybe slightly the, the 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 robes would would be a bit more irritating. Not as nice a fabric. Okay, that, that that'd be my little hierarchy. But beyond that, okay, people are wandering around. You know, if a famous musician dies and wants to go and jam with a f- other famous musician, there's no VIP. You could be in a pub band and still go and jam with Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Whether Jimi Hendrix likes it or not. <laughs> you just go up to anyone. There's no bouncers. If you want to um if you want to go and ask William Hartnell lots of very complex questions about his time in Doctor Who. Right. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not having security there or Publicists keeping him away from Oipoloi. Every it's very egalitarian. Why are you glaring at me? I like how we we were slightly dismissive of Jen for this um, unlikely scenario of stinging it, but we're happy to go into great depth about (laughs) if you were God. (laughs) I just don't understand why you wouldn't wouldn't run things that. And to be fair to God, Mm. and again, it's not my best subject, Mm. but I don't think there's any suggestion that. There's a VIP area and bouncers and and whatnot. No. You know, you can go up to anyone. As you, you know, I mean, I'm guessing there'd need to be some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like if Marilyn Monroe said, "Look, I'm not interested. Stop bothering me." Yeah, I'm back together with Einstein now. <laughs> Einstein? Was she with Einstein? Wasn't there a thing with the, uh, Marilyn Monroe and Einstein? Oh, it's ringing a bell. Was it definitely Einstein? I thought it was. Um... That playwright. <laughs> well, well, I think there's, uh, you know, Arthur I think uh, she's a woman of the world. Right. Einstein. And then she's got the pick of history in heaven. But, mm, mm. you know, that doesn't mean you should feel entitled. Nope. If you're not a playwright or a scientist or a, a, a president. Mm-mm. It's not exactly a type, though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, famous. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you can get famous in heaven. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just stuck at whatever yeah, yeah. level of fame you, you were. Whether you could climb up the ladder a bit. Yeah. So I mean, There's hope. always ways of drawing attention to oneself. <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, there? yeah. Or are there? <laughs> I don't know if you're really good on the harp. Here's a question. Mm. It's like Jimi Hendrix. Does he just have to play harp now or is there, is there an electric section? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> is there electric? It's the mains. It's the main electric. I think I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> okay, if you have a quandary you'd like us to solve. I would like to do more theological. No, I, I really am done. <laughs> um, then, ap- apologise. I, I, I did make, I made sure to say I'm not slagging off God and I'm not no, doing it because I, no, 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 I don't no. want to disrespect anyone's beliefs no, just same. because I'm godless. Yeah, yeah. I used to love disrespecting people's beliefs, but I've grown up a lot since then. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in my late 40s now. I used to say stuff like that in my early 40s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's immature. Right, right. Um, Quandary Corner. Email us, please. It's hello at adrift podcast. Pod, can't say podcast anymore. Podcast.com. Uh, 
And that's our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you man- managed to make it this far, mm. after all that heaven chat, yeah. pearly gates. I can get bogged down again. I was thinking about those gates. I know, I could tell. They need oiling. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Why do they need gates? <laughs> like, by the time you're there... You get, people do get turned away. Oh, because there is, it is like a bouncer, isn't yeah, it? You've got, yeah, what's yeah. his face with his the list? Ba- the Baptist, isn't it? John the Baptist? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Is it him? St. Peter? St. Peter. Yeah. yeah, he must be a burly fella, mustn't he? Mm, to get that job. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you just as those gates open, because otherwise people <laughs> would be rushing past him. It's got to be orderly, isn't it, one at a time? Yeah. So is the idea then... Like, everyone gets to the gates. And then what happens if you're not allowed in? You just think, well, off to hell for me, and then you just wander off. Yeah, I wonder if there's kind of a filter queue, like, or a directions. They must, they must direct you to hell. I hope people don't get kettled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, because um, I, I would just stay, I'd stay in the in-betweeny bit. If Peter looked at his iPad or whatever he's got with the names on it. And oh, so, rather than going to hell, like just hang around yes, like, yes. like that guy in that airport. Like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tactic. Yeah. No one's ever thought of that. No. I'm going to bear that in mind. You do that just in case it's real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe you get hungry. Mm. But, <laughs> but you're not going to stay starve to death if you're already dead. Well, I mean, I get tetchy when I'm hungry. You're you get bored, bored, tetchy. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I get bored just in normal life, eternity. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I get bored to the extent that, oh, I'm going to go and let, like, little demons poke me with... Well, that's the thing, the alternative. <laughs> I'd rather be bored than on fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, all the usual mm. stuff about the podcast and getting in touch and thanks to everyone. And uh, I'll finish this week by saying... Um, uh, if, if, if you ever need to use the toilet, just... just Knock on my door. It's right there. Podication comes from my mother-in-law, Lynn H. Barron, the legendary Lynn H. Barron. Yes. Who says, hi, you two. Hi. Hi, mother-in-law. I nearly sang mother-in-law then, I thought. I always try and stay on the right side of the copyright laws unless the mood really takes me. Mm. Um, I see you need a podication. You're only right, Lynn. I don't know if you want to do this one. Shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. If so, I would like a pod... Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I need... Here's what I need to talk about. This is going to get quite heavy. Mm, mm. Um, so around the 4th of... Or on the 4th of July, in fact, you may have seen in the news there was a shooting, uh, um, a mass shooting in the United States. And, um, you know, the depressing thing is these things on news for a day and then they're forgotten about until the next one and there inevitably is a, a next one and um, 
the the one that happened on the 4th of July was in Sarah's hometown of Highland Park, just outside Chicago. And um, her family were all there. And when I say that, I don't mean... Like, we, we have a very understandable, I guess, need to attach ourselves to these events. Mm. So you'll hear people say about the 7-7 bombings in London, oh, God, yeah, I mean, I mean that's only uh, two miles away from the way I go to it. I mean, God, I don't get that bus, but I do see it sometimes. Mm. And, and people try and make it about themselves, but but it's actually not that, that close. Mm. Whereas um, Lynn and Joe and all the family were on the next corner really and just to to explain the town it's it's a small town it is whatever your idea of what uh america looks like from 80s films mm. that's where lynn and joe and so this is where sarah's from and and part of the reason is it's because it was used in loads of those john hughes films cameron's house from ferris bueller is just around the corner um, from where sarah's parents um, really? live yeah I mean, it gives a slightly false impression of the kind of house they live in, right? Right. Because we we were led to we were led to believe by those films that everybody lived in these incredible mm, houses. Mm-hmm. Len and Joe's house, perfectly nice, but yeah, not that thing okay. that we're used to. But that's the kind of town it is, with lots of those houses in it. And there's a small main street that's very sleepy. You hardly ever see anybody on it, except for on the Fourth of July when everybody goes down there and they watch a parade. And the parade is the local high schools brass band and maybe the fire brigade waving off the back of a little truck and it's it's very whatever you think of as wholesome small town america that's what this town is Mm -hmm. so so they were all as we've been in the past with them on one corner uh and then on the next corner up is is the the roof where this shooting where happened you know where the where the shooter was so they were really close and Sarah's brother had to pick up a, a kid in each arm and run and his wife had to pick up another one and Lynn has said to me that she was running and thinking, am I going to be shot in the spine? And this this is, a, you know, it's a small area we're talking about. So it must have just been terrifying. And the day it happened, we get the call and I'm so shaken up by it and... Uh, uh, we just watch the news unfold. And of course, it just becomes another name of a town on a long list of American towns. And the, the news moves on almost instantly and nothing changes because of how the situation is in America. And it was just such a shocking thing mm. to feel it so close to us, you know, to, to have everyone there. Joe, Sarah's dad, wasn't running he thought people were going crazy at the sound of some fireworks and he thought people are going to end up dying in the crush here because everybody's so hysterical about the threat of um you know these shootings something like that could never happen here and and, and it did mm. my mum used to so when i used to go to the states I'd be, we'd be going over to visit sarah's family and my mum would say oh our jeffrey you be careful in america with all those guns and i'd laugh at her because the idea that you would ever encounter a gun in in a place like where Sarah's family live mm, yeah. uh, and that this sort of thing would happen there is so alien and it's you know it's really shocking and it's made me think about all those other places that I'm horrified by and then don't give a second thought to 
one or two days later because it's just another of those places and what an awful awful thing to have uh you know to happen people lost their lives yeah. people were badly injured it was just horrendous um but just an, an awful thing as well to turn up with your little grandchildren and your family and stand on a corner and waving a flag and like you do drinking some lemonade from a little stall like like you would any other year and something as unthinkable as this happened. So that's Lynn is writing in about that. So she says, I would like a publication to the amazing police and fire and emergency medical technicians who worked so hard and selflessly to help when there was a mass shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. And of course we, we, um, you know, Lynn listened to this because she's my mother-in-law, but um, we also have our listener, Laureline, who works in the hospital there which um, you know, I saw that on the news. Just, again, sleepy, small-town hospital. I think the first time um, we did a pregnancy test, we, we went there, Sarah got a blood test, and then to see it you know, this, the, as, as the site of this kind of awful emergency operation. So we're thinking of Laureline as well. Um, Lynn also adds to all the surrounding community fire and police departments who joined to take care of the wounded, and search for the shooter, to all of the doctors and nurses and medical staff who gave their time and helped treat and save the wounded, to all of the counsellors and the people volunteered to talk with the traumatised, to all who brought service animals to comfort the traumatised, to the community of Highland Park who came together to support each other in volunteer services and donate money and clothing and food for the families of need, and to the community of Highland Park who are supporting and protesting and using our voices with our representatives and senators to vote for background checks and ban assault weapons, uh, specifically my own representatives in Congress who are working so hard to do so, all of whom were at the parade, Bob Morgan, Julie Morrison, Brad Schneider, Tammy Duckworth, and Dick Durbin, who was not at the parade but continues to work hard to support gun control and fight the National Rifle Association. Well, I'm not sure how many of those will hear this, but um, it's a really nice sentiment, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. So there we go. Latest edition of the podcast. Podicated from Lynn, who, you know, I think um, cert- certainly a good chunk of people who listen to the podcast will have heard her and joined mm. in with the Facebooks we've done with her in the past. And, you know, it's just an awful thing to think of her um, having having to be in the middle of all that. I mean, obviously it was worse for other other people, but for anybody, what a terrible thing. And I'm sure everybody sends her their love. So there you go. Uh, that's the latest issue of the podcast. If you would like podication, email us. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hold up. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.